now I invite you once again to look to the Lord in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So frustrating, so irritating. What am I talking about? Trying to communicate with someone, assuming that you can actually engage in a dialogue. But you soon discover that your dialogue is a monologue. What am I talking about? Your spouse is trying to hold a meaningful conversation with you while you're wasting your time watching a boring Super Bowl. Or perhaps here's one that your friends outside the seminary can relate to. You're seeking guidance from your professors so that you will excel in their classes that you are so eager to tackle. But those professors do not respond to your emails or your phone calls. It makes you want to ask, hello, is anybody listening? In our scripture reading, we find two people. One repeatedly attempts to engage in a beneficial dialogue. The other just wants to be left alone. One seeks a solution, the other seeks solitude. Now, for you passionate preachers who hunger for homiletics, Luke does not appear ready to engage in an exercise of inductive discovery. He gets right to the point. Always pray, never give up. Now, if you are in a hurry today, wishing that this chapel would just be over, then Luke has already given you the cliff notes to the sermon. However, if you are ready for a slow-cooked meal, then let's go. Before we get started, a disclaimer, as it were. Uh, it does well for me to say this to you. Someone is going to warn you about reading too much into a parable. But in spite of what they might say, I'm not too worried about that because Jesus has already given us our main takeaway, always pray, never give up. Jesus tells a parable to his disciples about a disrespectful judge and an aggrieved widow. One person has unbridled power. The other has suffered an injustice. One person carries deep in her soul the burden of having been wronged. The other 
simply does not have the time or the inclination to care that the other is burdened about wrongs that she has experienced. One sits atop the mountain looking down. The other lies low in the valley looking up. Jesus does not tell us the exact nature of the widow's grievance, but he does paint a clear picture of how she dealt with it. On Monday, she came to the judge, grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. On Tuesday, she came to the judge with the plea, grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. On Wednesday, she came to the judge with a plea, grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. Hello, is anybody listening? What must it have been like to be this widow? I suppose we can never know unless we've been in her sandals. I suppose we will never know unless we ourselves have had to appeal to a disrespectful person about an antagonistic person. Every day, the woman came. Every day, the calloused judge saw her coming. Oh, dear God, here comes that woman again. Doesn't she ever have anything positive to say? Everybody, repeat after me. Grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. Grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. Grant me justice against the one who's antagonizing me. It seems like her water pitcher is always half empty. It's like the world is always against her. Madam Widow, this just might be a good time for you to pull yourself up by your sandal straps. Finally, this crass and calloused judge vowed to do the right thing. Now, one might infer that he followed through with his vow. And such an 
inference is understandable because of what comes next in the text. He probably did do the right thing, but he did the right thing for the wrong reason. It wasn't about her, it was about him. It wasn't about her relief, it was about his relief. It wasn't about her well-being, it was about his well-being. It's February. You know what that means. It's Black History Month. You know what else that means. It means the time has come when somebody's going to say, not everybody, but somebody's going to say, here we go again. Let's listen to what they have to say. And when the month ends, then we can return to normal. Everybody sympathizes with the widow until she opens her mouth. Everybody supports the widow until she articulates the issues that exist. If the widow were to serve as a metaphor for Blacks and our historical and current existence in America, then it does well for us today to understand that the widow's cries bear constant repeating. Lincoln's executive order freed the slaves in 1863, yet it was not until June the 19th, 1865, that slaves in Texas ever knew what had happened two and a half years earlier. After 12 years of so-called reconstruction, emancipation gave way to new restrictive laws that stayed on the federal and state books from 1877 to 1965. Civil rights legislation and voting rights legislation of the 1960s have been eroded for the last 60 years on the federal and state level, so much so until we are almost back to square zero. Hello, is anybody listening? Let me park at your house for a moment. The widow cries out when she has to tell her son, son, you have to work twice as hard to get half the credit. The widow cries out 
because she knows that her black sons and her black daughters face a black uh, face a glass ceiling. The widow cries out because she knows that the day comes when she's going to have to give her black son the talk. Now, if you don't know what, what the talk is, then chances are that the only thing that you're afraid of when the police stop you is that you might get a ticket for something that you'd like to think that you didn't do. But the widow cries out because she knows the talk that she has to give her son. She knows that she has to give her black son the talk about how to keep his hands on the steering wheel when the police stops him, how to seek permission to get the driver's license and the registration and uh, the, the, the auto insurance card. The widow knows she has to cry out because her son is in danger. Hello, is anybody listening? Let me park at your church for a moment. The widow cries out when her worship is seen as differing from what others believe is biblical. The widow cries out when her praise is viewed as an anomaly and people give her the side eye when she sways back and forth and lifts up holy hands. Now, I don't know what's in your Bible, but I thought I read somewhere in my Bible about lifting up holy hands in the sanctuary. Hello, is anybody listening? Let me park at your university for a moment. The widow cries out when her scholarship is seen as less than because the academy views true learning through a Western lens. The widow cries out because she recognizes that there are some who believed who believe that the better developed brains come from certain first world countries or developed countries. Hello. Is anybody listening? The widow teaches us several things, several lessons that we need to grab from Luke chapter 18. The widow teaches us that we should not be embarrassed to press our pleas. There are some who see it as whining. As Laura Ingram told LeBron James in 2018, after he voiced a number of societal uh, concerns during an interview, she said to him, just shut up and dribble. In one fell swoop, she attempted to reduce LeBron to LeBron to someone whose value could only be estimated by the level of joy he could bring to someone else. For the record, LeBron pressed his case all the more because he recognized 
It ain't whining. It's demanding that we receive justice against the ones who antagonize us. Hello! Is anybody listening? The widow also teaches us that it's going to take a while to get what we seek. One might sense that the widow was about to explode. Her experience could just as easily have been the just as easily have been the inspiration for the poet Langston Hughes, who wrote in 1951, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? Hughes wrote of society's actions to withhold equal opportunities. 70 years later, he would, if possible, see two things. He would see great progress that has been made in America. But he would also see the persistence of the proverbial knee, which remains on the neck. Hello, is anybody listening? I guess the judge eventually heard her, but the story of the widow also teaches us that we should not assume that everybody who blesses us actually likes us. Some folks, please understand, not all, but some folks look out for us because they're actually looking out for their own interest. Oh, I'm reminded of a story in the Bible that proves what I'm talking about because my Bible tells me that Laban looked out for Jacob. But deep down within, Laban was looking out for Laban. Hello, is anybody listening? Let me park here at the seminary today so that I can hear Jesus answer that question. What's the question again? Hello, is anybody listening? And I hear Jesus answering that question by saying, are Michigan, win are Michigan winters cold? Is the Pope Catholic? Are puppies cute? Do biblical languages make sense? Oh, okay, maybe you can disregard that last one there. But I just stopped by today to remind you that Jesus said, yeah, somebody's listening. I'm listening. The same God who heard Hagar and brought her justice is the one who will bring us justice. The same God who heard the Hebrew children in Egypt and brought them justice will bring us justice. 
the same God who heard the Israelites and brought justice to them through the judges is the same God who will bring us justice. Not only is he listening, he also offers a bit of assurance when he will act, when he will deliver justice. And he answers in one word, quickly. Now, in medical parlance, there is this heart condition referred to as tachycardia. For those who may not understand tachycardia, uh, tachycardia is what is referred to as an arrhythmia. One moment, the heart beats regularly. Boom, 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 boom. But with tachycardia, without warning, the rhythm speeds up. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, 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 boom. The same Greek word from which we get tachycardia is the same Greek word that is used to describe not the possible action of the wicked judge, rather the definite actions of the righteous judge. It may seem that everything proceeds as it is always gone. But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, as it were, Jesus promises us that he's going to act. And not only is he going to act in behalf of the widow, but he is going to act quickly. So keep on crying out. Even when you work twice as hard to get half the recognition, keep on crying out, even when it seems that your professors evaluate your work through their lenses. Keep on crying out, even when the less deserving person gets the promotion that you deserve. Help me, Holy Ghost, I am having a flashback right now. Keep on crying out, even when society places its knee on your neck. Jesus shared his parable with his disciples because he knew that in 2021, somebody is going to be this widow. Jesus is sharing this parable with us because he knows that somebody under the sound of my voice is legitimately crying out for relief from their adversaries and from their adversarial circumstances. Jesus shared this parable with his disciples because he also knows that in 2021, there is somebody who is going to be this cold, unfeeling judge who is ready to blow the widow off like one blows dust 
off an old unread book. And I remind you today of the words of Jesus. I'm listening. I will see to it that you get justice. I will not let evil reign forever. Before you know it, I will fix it. Meanwhile, Jesus says to us, keep pressing your case, knowing that whether anybody else listens, whether anybody else acts in your behalf, Jesus says to us, I've got your back. So always pray. Never give up. Never lose heart. Will you trust him today? Do you believe his word that he will act for you, that widow, for me, that widow, for us, those widows? Will you, by faith, hold on to his promise? Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we hear your word today. Our big brother, we lay claim to your promise that you will act in our behalf. Therefore, we only have one desire today, and that is that you will strengthen us so that we will always pray, so that we will never give up, so that we will never lose hope. Thank you for being the righteous judge. Thank you for standing up for your people like you stood up for your people of old. We praise you that you will never leave us nor forsake us. May we go forward from this day onward, trusting in you, placing our hands in your never failing hands. And we praise you for every victory that you will give to us today, tomorrow, and the next day. For we pray these things in your holy name. Amen.